Yes, yes, y'all. One, two, one, two. This is a guest in the house podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, David Tromdig Shanks. And I am your other co-host, Mickey Hess. Oh, yes. Well, so uh, let's jump right in, man. Let's do it. They say, uh, what is it that they say? Um, uh, I don't know what they say. Forget about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to know about them. We don't know what they But we, um, in searching for something to talk about, mm. um, we came up with what I think would be a cool reoccurring thing on our podcast segment. Mm-hmm. Where uh, we don't have a name for it yet, but we'll figure it out. But where um, Professor Mickey Hess takes a kind of scholastic look <laughs> almost at, you know, just puts his professor hat on and does like a scholastic take on mm. an individual lyricist's lyricism and kind of puts it in the context of like, you know, poetry, creative writing kind of the standards that uh come with that and 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 in in doing a nice deep dive on a particular lyricist Mm -hmm. for the uh first one of these we have decided to take a look back at the um great late great villain doom before we get started i do want to acknowledge because um as the last, I don't know, seven or eight episodes have um, brought us, I did lose another childhood hero. So I want to dedicate this episode to uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Ooh, true. Undisputed true. middleweight champion from 1980 to 1987. One of my childhood heroes. Just a bad motherfucker. Mm. Um, so to the Marvelous one. Now, all right, yeah, so we're gonna do a deep dive on lyrics by the great MF Doom. MF Doom, yeah, so and I like this, I like this. We'll do this every so often. I think that's a cool idea, and you know, you're a scholar too. I mean, you got to get in on this lyricism. I'm I'm gonna do my best (laughs) because I mean, I'm a fanboy for Doom, I'm a stan more than anything but correct i am a scholar you know i did write as we said on the other doom episode we did say that i published the first the academic first. journal article on mf doom way back 2005 way back way back and the first i even looked back to make sure i wasn't crazy i was the first and you also have all like the cool like you know uh, literary kind of terms for things that are just raps to me right to your like you know uh, like the pros of the stuff that i got you know so (laughs) so. i'm not gonna go too technical (laughs) so i'm interested Mm -hmm. in like you know how how we can like you know there's always like we have like we do culture and then we have to like prove to like Mm -hmm. the establishment that like 
what we do is like valid, you know, by these like scholastic kind of terms. So, you know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm leaning on you to kind of guide us through that stuff. But See, how did I become one of these (laughs) scholastic gatekeepers? You're the professor, man. (laughs) See, that's crazy. Like journals will send me articles, especially about white rappers. Cause I, I wrote some early stuff about what the hell was going on with white rappers. Right. Um, way back like 2003, 2004. So these journals, they have to send stuff out for peer review and I'm on the list. Like if anybody wants to write like an article about Mac Miller or mm-hmm. Paul Wall, they send it to me to check out. And uh, yeah, I, it's weird to me that I became one of these gatekeepers. And it, it's it's weird because it, it's, it was so easy. You know, <laughs> like I feel like, I don't know if anybody could slide into these spots. And it's strange that relationship between the scholars and the artists. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I I'm, um, I just had another uh, upcoming show topic. We're going to have to break mm-hmm. down like the errors of white rappers. Cause when you're oh, saying that to me, I'm like, that'd be are good. we in the best era of white rappers right now? But, there was uh, the whole moment on Twitter this past week when I, I think somebody trying to pay tribute to Mac Miller had said Mac Miller was the only white rapper who didn't rip off Eminem. And the whole internet was like, Paul Wall, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And it, it coincided with the man's birthday. So Paul Wall had a good couple of days on I, Twitter. I, I love Paul Wall. Oh, man, me too. Paul I mean, Wall that, is awesome. That recent stuff he did with Toby Ingwe. Yeah. So man, good. He's awesome. And everything going back, Paul Wall. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, sitting sideways. I, I love all of it. His uh, drive slow verse. I love all. Of, I love all of it. And talk about a, a guy who just looks like he's enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He's having fun. He's doing exactly what he wants to do. Like I've never seen a Paul Wall show. I've never seen him live. But I imagine he's just having as much fun as anybody. I I would think so. I would yeah. think so. Yeah. So shouts to Paul Wall. Shouts to Paul Wall. Let's give him a little more credit. Right? Mm-hmm. So all right, I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's a good topic. I like that. Doing the the eras of white rappers. Let's maybe do that next time we record. Let's do it. Because I'm so, sure we'll need something to talk about then oh, too. For sure. For sure. <laughs> That's how we do it. You you create a podcast and then you decide, man, we got to have something to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Then for week sure. by week, you think, what's it going to be? So, okay, we did a tribute to MF Doom who passed and, away. And necessity um, breeds innovation is what I was trying oh, to say earlier. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. It just that. came to me. I'm, I'm old, guys. The, the thoughts, they go, they come and go. Yeah, necessity yeah. breeds innovation. Is that what you said? Or yeah. invention? It, yeah, either yeah. or. Yeah. So we just cooked up a topic based on having nothing to talk about is what I'm saying. <laughs> and, you know, I thought it was awesome that, that Frank Zappa called his original group the Mothers. But then after there were complaints, he changed it to the Mothers of Invention. Because <laughs> how can you complain about that? Frank Zappa and the Mothers yeah. or Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. There you go. That makes it different. So, MF Doom. Let's go in. MF Doom. We did a tribute to the man. He passed away on Halloween. Mm-hmm. His wife, Jasmine, announced it on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been living 
out of the U.S. because the U.S. would not let him back in. He'd spent the last 10 years outside the U.S. where he had lived since he was two or three years old. Right. He was in Grenada, I believe, when he passed, right? Is that St. Lucia. St. Lucia. Okay. Yeah. At least he'd spent quite a bit of time in St. Lucia. Well, he was on a boat, so he probably was in yeah. a few places. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I understand he... he had British citizenship, Correct. so St. Lucia allowed him in with that. Right, right. So that was one of the aspects. Right. So I thought we, we talked about his life. We talked about his mythology, this persona he created, or these multiple personas. We talked about how he had two careers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't talk enough about his lyricism. Agreed. I know, Dave, you called him one of the best rappers ever. Correct. Um, I would definitely agree with that. Um, he's been in my top five ever since I heard Operation Doomsday back in 1999. Mm. Um, so one of the cool things, one of the cool things that Doom did in his lyrics to me is he rhymed in third person a, a lot. lot of the time. Yes. So Doom was a character. Um, Daniel Dumoulet was this dude's real name. Um, he first performed as Zev Love X in KMD. Correct. But he created this persona or this character of MF Doom, and Daniel Dumoulet, the person, saw Doom as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, he wore a mask when he was Doom. He was in costume. Mm-hmm. So he wrote about Doom in the third person a lot of times, which is kind of cool to me because almost the entirety of hip-hop lyrics are in the first person. I, I, I. I, I, I. Yep. I mean, Nas has an album called I Am. He does. Right? If you go to uh, German hip-hop, Ich Ben is just all over it, right? Um, I Am, right? So Doom wrote about Doom in the third person, or you could say Daniel Dumoulet wrote about Doom in the third person. And here's a good section from a song called Beef Rap. Are you going to rap it? I'm going to recite it. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do it justice to Doom's flow and Doom's rhythm, but I'm going <laughs> to recite it. So this is the third person section from Beef Rap where Doom talks about wearing that mask. He wears a mask just to cover the raw flesh, a rather ugly brother with throws that's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Drop dead joints hit the whips like bird shit. They need it like a hole in the head or a third tit. A third tit. Man. That's a pretty good, pretty good couplet there, or two couplets. Yeah. He wears a mask just to cover the raw flesh. A rather ugly brother with flows that's gorgeous. Man, so the third person, I think, is just a really cool way that Doom thought about himself as an author writing stories about this character, these right. legends about this dude, MF Doom. Yeah, yeah, which is a cool angle. I think so, for sure. And of course, that's where the Doom posture comes from. You know, he thought the mask was a costume. The mask indicated a character. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really matter who was wearing it, right? You could put uh, some friend of his in the mask, and that was Doom. Um, if he didn't feel like flying to Chicago, you could put some tall, skinny guy in the mask, and that was Doom. I can't think of too many other um, MCs that do that as heavily as no. They yeah, do it I mean, in their interviews. They'll say, um, well, oh, you know, yeah. Trom ain't really about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Trom's true, right? the type. <laughs> but they don't really do it in yeah. their raps. 
There's that famous NWA interview where Easy E's holding like the assault rifle. Yes. And the interviewer says, "So, so how real is that to what you are in like day to day life?" And Easy E cocks the gun and says, "It's as real as this gun." (laughs) 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 And you know, maybe for Easy E it was, maybe for King T it was walking around Compton, you know, posing for pictures with the gun. A lot of rappers, though. That's not exactly the case. Not exactly the case. Right? There's the persona on stage and there's the person behind it. Um, some people try to play it up as if the two collapse onto each other, right? As if O'Shea Jackson is just the same as Ice Cube all right. day long. Right. Um, he's done less of that in recent years. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, once you do um, Are We There Yet? One and two, it's hard to. Yeah. You know, yeah. You get into the family films, it's hard yeah. to say, well, I'm I'm the same guy on stage as I am sitting on the couch yeah. at home. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think that's a cool thing about Doom is he he really saw himself as the author and, you know, MF Doom with the mask and the third person. That was the character. Right. Dope. So I, I like this other section. This is from a song called Final Hour, which is a King Ghidra track. King Ghidra was another one of Doom's aliases and mm-hmm. alter egos he had several mm-hmm. and this one's in third person too and it's got a little interchange like a little bit of dialogue she said excuse me villain you be illin with the wordplay he said thank you very much i'm villain till thursday that's a cool little interchange right See, the, you know th- this is you know we praise like this is stuff that we praise, like the late great notorious big who just we just mm. um I don't know why we celebrate his death, but we just celebrated March night another anniversary, yeah. But you know, just illin with the wordplay, bill until Thursday. Yeah. You know, like this is this is yeah, this is like, you know, ain't no amateurs here, I damage and tear. Like this is yeah. multiple syllable rapping. This is high level shit. That's Good. that multi-syllabic rapping, right? I get excited about this stuff, yeah. And that, I mean, you trace that back to Kane and Rakim, right? Kane and Rakim, and then Kane and Rakim would say it goes back to Grandmaster Kaz. Absolutely. And Kaz, I think, would, would take it back to heroes of his or, you know... Kaz, a, Kaz would probably say it, it, started with, it started with him. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably lays claim to that. And I mean, you know... That's true, that's we're talking true. talking about... DJ Hollywood or something before that. And it's, yeah, it's like, shush, And yeah. as, as Kaz know, just didn't get much money, he at least deserves that credit. Yeah, right? he does. So we're, we're going to lay it at Kaz. Let's leave it at Kaz. And, and, and Kumo like D. And Kumo D. Yeah, who, who was basically a contemporary. He was, mm-hmm. you know, a couple steps behind Grandmaster Kaz and the, the lineage. Yeah. Just a bit younger, just a little bit later. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, the multi-syllabic. Multi-syllable rapping. Is this what it's called? Syllabic? Syllabic. I like it. Right? Yeah, or just multi-syllable. I think that's, <laughs> that probably sounds better. That's where I went into the academic jargon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there multi-syllabic go. or just multi-syllable. Schoolers. And then I like the rest of that, that verse too. I'll go ahead a little bit further. Once heard a beat drum sounded like a sloppy knock. Whoever was on the mic, speech was pure poppycock. There you go. These go back to the days of pop lock, even back to rumors that Mikey died off pop rocks. There you go. Where the girls wore jellies and played hopscotch, older bras used to wear tennises and sloppy socks. 
man, I mean, what a good scene, right? He's he's painting this vivid scene of his childhood and what like the block looked like mm-hmm. when he was coming outside and people were first getting into hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, first, just a little diss to producers, right? I once heard a beat drum sounded like a sloppy knock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoever was on the mic, speech is pure poppycock. Pure poppycock. So what does it mean when he says these go back to the days of pop lock? That's b-boying, right? Yes, sir. Popping and locking, break dancing. It it came to be called in the mainstream, of course. Correct. But b-boying. B-boying, b-girling is what the original practitioners called it. Correct. And then even back to rumors that Mikey died off pop rocks. If you're younger, you may not know what the hell that's about, but... uh, Pop the character rocks. Mikey was in these Life cereal commercials. Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it. He doesn't like anything. <laughs> and the rumor for a while was that uh, the kid, the actor who played Mikey in the Life cereal commercials, died by mixing Pop Rocks with Coke or Pepsi. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I did ki- remember that. He like exploded and killed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't true, but uh, it was like a playground rumor, right? Mm-hmm. And where the girls wore jellies and played hopscotch. Jellies. Jellies. Yeah. But the older bras used to wear tennises and sloppy socks. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a eighties that's a eighties uh visual right there, man. Yeah. Yeah, so Doom was saying, like, I'm part of this lineage that takes you all the way back, you know. Never mind these producers that sound like sloppy knocks and this MC who's talking about whatever the hell he's talking about. It's poppycock. Right. So I go back to the good old days. Right. I think this thing here, you know, it's important, you know, that we do this scholarship because I think that because of the kind of zaniness and, you know... uh, it's easy to just kind of get caught up in the character. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, we addressed that. And even when we did the tribute, um, you know, we focused a lot on the character. But, yeah, this guy's, you know what I mean? He's 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 a rapper. Rapper. Definitely. You know what I mean? When talk, we're talking about, I mean, you have almost every element of like MC lyricism in, you know, in his repertoire, he's telling stories. He's like we said, the multiple syllable things. He's you know he's give, he's giving you different flows, different angles, different yeah. It's, you know, he's three different rappers at once, or yeah. four different rappers at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. And I, you know, I liked Zev Love X. I thought he was nice. I yeah. never thought he he was this guy. No, man. I I even I think I mentioned it on the Doom Tribute episode, but uh, I brought in Prince Paul as a guest speaker years ago to my class at Ryder, and he said he never saw Doom coming. Like he thought Zef Love X was great too. Obviously, he produ- produced the first song he was on, mm-hmm. Gas Face. But mm-hmm. when he heard Doom, it blew his mind. They'd yeah. never seen somebody reinvent themselves and really reinvent hip hop in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. So give us another, you know, um, rhyme, rhyme style. So you mentioned the multisyllable. Mm-hmm. And this may be a record. Um, I don't think I've personally encountered 
more than 11 syllables rhymed back to back. It may be out there. Um, some freestylers may have topped this. But this is off Mad Villain's Meat Grinder. And when I looked up the lyrics to just copy paste it for myself today, I found it on an Earl Sweatshirt tweet. He'd put it up. He showed <laughs> appreciation to this couplet. Um, so this is from the Mad Villain album, Beat Grinder. Doing songs lit in the booth with the best host. Doing bong hits on the roof in the West Coast. Nice. 11 syllables. Nice. And of course, he's talking about recording the album that this song is on. He went out to the West Coast and uh, lived with Mad Lib in the Stones Throw House while they made Madville. And I think they both lived with Peanut Butter Wolf, right? That's it, yeah, the Stones yeah. Throw House. There you go. I mean, I the only... And I mean, you know, there's a million rappers, so rappers, forgive me if I, you know, if I don't acknowledge that you, you, you have this in your repertoire, too. The only person, and I don't know if they got to 11 syllables that I could think of who even was like attempting stuff like this would be another late great Sean Price. Mm, yeah. The only person I could even think of having like this many syllables in a scheme. And Doom definitely paid tribute to him in that video on the boat, right? He, he recorded that to say, you know, peace and rest in peace to Sean Price. I mean, they had to have been fans of each other. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good one. I like that. There's a on the Stones Throw documentary, Mad Lib and, and some of the other Stones Throw guys talk about when Doom moved out there and how he lived with them for a while. Mm-hmm. Kind of just kept to himself, it sounded like. He had his room he was staying in and upstairs, and he pretty much just came downstairs to record. <laughs> you know, it was just right back upstairs in his room. Right. Um yeah, he was a secretive dude. Um, so I hear. Yeah, the more I hear about him, yeah. I, you know, even with those closest to him, he was pretty damn secretive, yeah. just to himself. Yeah. So then there's his internal rhymes, and and this is jargon, I guess, if you want to get into academics. But this term assonance yeah, just yeah, means you're gonna you're gonna have to explain that to me. You know that. So assonance just means the <laughs> vowel sounds sound the same. Okay. So it's the way you get to like a slant rhyme or a near rhyme. It's not an absolute rhyme, but like in this section, you'll hear a lot of O sounds. Mm. So like the word old might not necessarily rhyme with roll a hundred percent. It's like it's a slant the rhyme. Gotcha. It's the sound. You got those vowel sounds. Mm. So he's trying to live to see old age. So we roll with the loaded gauge, ode to row rage. Gotcha. And that's from Victor Vaughn, Victor Vaughn 2 album. So it's called Ode to Road Rage. Just the way he flows through those, those three lines with all those O sounds, but the rhyme is actually age, engage, and rage. And rage, yeah, but he's just adding a little bit, you know, a little bit of sauce yeah. with, the, with the word before the rhyming word. On the way to that end rhyme, Yeah, right? I like that. Yeah, it's cool. I like that a lot because it's all O sounds until you hit the final word mm-hmm. of each line. And then those three A rhymes. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. That's that's probably one of his albums that I think people give less credit to. I've definitely heard people describe it as his weakest album, the Victor Vaughn 2. Um, Venomous Villain. But I love that album. It's got Ode to Road Rage. It's got Back End. It's got Fall Back. Um, here, here's one from back end. I just love the way this is one of those moments like, uh, where rappers tell you a little bit, bit about the industry and how the money works. 
Mm-hmm. And it ends with such a cool rhyme, I think. It says, double it <laughs> off your man, don't spend that 10 bucks. I did yeah. it for the advance, the back end sucks. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So what's that about, doing it for the advance? That's um, that's funny. I just had that conversation with um, some of the homies the other day. They were talking about doing a vinyl press. And they're like, well, Trom, you pressed up vinyl? Like, how did it go? I was like, no, Trom took the advance and <laughs> gave someone the exclusive rights to press up the vinyl. So you'd have to ask them <laughs> how that went. I just did it. Cool. You know, right. We took the front end money. And so, the back end is royalties later on, right? Correct. Which Correct. may or may not show up. Well, you know, yeah. Especially in this era where, you know, you're dealing with streaming. So, you know, that some people will take the cash up front. And somebody like Doom who does so many deals yeah. with so many different entities for so many different projects, he could probably, you know, hold on to five projects, take the advance on another f- three projects. You know, like he had options because mm-hmm. he was so prolific. You know, oh, somebody like me, I'm trying to usually retain ownership <laughs> all the time because, you know, I, I'm not as uh, prolific. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we heard from Doom in the last five or six years of his life were just guest verses. Correct. You know, he hadn't had an official release in a few years. Correct. Popped up on IDK last year. Right. Um, popped up on your old Droog last year. Like he, he was still out there. He had a, mm-hmm. I guess his, his last true album would I guess be the album he did with Zarface? I was going to say, he did the yeah. album with Zarface. Yeah, that was what, 17, 18, 17? I think 17, yes. Yeah. That was Inspector Deck from Wu-Tang, 7L, 7L and, Esoteric and Esoteric, and Doom. Yep. Yep. All on one album. I yeah, like so that album, too. That's a good album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that may be another one that Doom fans weren't right on top of. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, he's doing it for the advance. I mean, it, it works the same way with books. You know, I had a guy I co-authored a book with asking me not too long ago, like, I'm sure, you know, why aren't they sending us checks? Like, man. <laughs> I wonder who that guy was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got us on the advance, man. We got to earn that back before we get checks. And like, yeah. we'll never see the books. So, I mean, who knows what the truth is? I don't know if we've earned it back or not, but we're never yeah, going to see you'll royalties. Never, you'll never yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's I so rare. Like, I have one place, they say, it's a publisher, they say they won't send a check until your royalties hit 100 bucks. And, like, I'm just waiting. Like, I, <laughs> I saw I was up to, like, $88 the last time they sent me a statement, and I'm just like, how much longer? Wow. I would like a check for 88 bucks. Wow. I had a um, distributor that I couldn't log into the account for, like, well, no, I could log into the account Every time I went to like my money, it like froze. Mm. <laughs> so I'm just looking at like the money sitting there and I can't get to it for like two years. Mm. I finally so, like got in like a month ago and was like, let me get all of my damn money <laughs> now, please. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't tens of thousands of dollars, but um, it's mine. So It's like dozens of dollars, <laughs> but you want yeah, it. It's mine. Yeah. I earned it. <laughs> yeah, I mean the back end really does suck. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times you got to fight for this money, you got to ask to see the books. Yeah, it's it gets silly. Yeah. Yeah, I was just reading this author Philip Roth back in like 1972, he had a really big hit book called Portnoy's Complaint, one of his okay. early novels. 
So from that moment on, he never earned back an advance. Mm. But he always like he would switch publishers, like he would ask for this huge upfront advance on the strength of just his reputation and his name. And if they wouldn't do it, he'd go to the next publisher. And, you know, he did that for years and years and apparently never earned back another advance. Get out of town. So, hey, man, if Philip Roth can do it, certainly MF Doom can do it. Yeah, it's a nasty game, man. I just um, stumbled on something from the uh, legendary um, soul singer Anita Baker. And I guess someone was like, you know, giving her her flowers on Twitter and she said, um, paraphrase, I appreciate the love, but let's not go advertising Spotify. <laughs> They're a, a company yeah. with a $50 million valuation or something like that. She's like, and I don't get any money from that. You Ooh, know what I mean? Yeah. And so she said, uh, miraculously, I lived out she outlived all of her artist contracts and they no longer own her name or likeness. That's cool. And she said, um, her masters were supposed to be returned to her once, you know, she outlived, you know, these, these, uh, contracts and, you know, they won't give her back her masters, of course. So she said, please don't advertise or (laughs) buy them. Wow. So it's, they're making billions and the artists are making pennies. Yeah, well, you know, they cut they cut the deals with the streaming companies sure. early on, and they basically served the artists up on a platter yeah. to get their piece of um, what was going on. Yeah. The yeah, pieces so, of the pieces of shit they are. And That's so, a Tom Dix quote, not a, <laughs> not a house podcast quote. Oh, you're gonna drag me into this? No, I said not. Hey, not, okay. not. It's See, a Tom Dix quote. I'm on board with it, though. Oh, there you go. (laughs) You can throw me in on this one. I mean, like, Doom was writing this back in, like, around 2000, I think, when this album came out. So he, maybe 2003, like, super early 2000. So it's even before we get Spotify and things like that. But it's even worse now, right? The back end is even worse. For some, it's the best time ever. Some of these kids are making a boatload of money. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were born into this, yeah, it may be a little easier to wrap your mind how to use it to your benefit. Yeah, probably so. And you know, they're you know, you know yeah. some of them just you know they're not they're not thinking long term, so they're taking yeah. you know what I mean a little. That's true. Three sixty money, and you know they don't own anything. They don't own their name. They don't own their likeness. They don't own. They don't. You know so. You're reading some De La Soul, right? But they've written stars. about those 360 deals. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's yeah to live through these paradigm shifts as an artist has got to be so hard to wrap your head around and figure out how to keep doing it. Not even artistically, but economically, and yeah, it's it's, interesting stuff, man. I mean, you know, I yeah, I pressed my first CDs up in 2000. And, you know, CDs, I mean, people have gone back to tapes, like CDs aren't even relevant anymore. Tapes are like nostalgic. Yeah. Tapes have that kind of hipster appeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I sold cars the CD to this dude online. Coming with CDs, any CD players anymore. Like, oh, yeah. What am I to do with this? And <laughs> laptops don't come with any yeah, CD drive, yeah, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I sold this CD online to a kid a couple months ago, and he asked me what else I had, and I, I sent him a picture of some vinyl. He's just like, I don't do vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, all right. It's like, cassettes or CDs only, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice kids. Yeah, I mean, 10 years ago, it was the opposite. You couldn't right. sell vinyl or CD, or I'm sorry, you couldn't sell cassettes or CD for anything, but if you had yeah. vinyl, people might pay for it. Yeah. I mean, there's still a pretty healthy vinyl um, market. They just, yeah, it's, it's so tough to, um, they're not so tough, but then, you know, you got to get rid of them. Cause you know what I mean? Like if you, if you, you're pressing up a hundred of them and you're paying, you know, yeah. 1500 to get them done, you know, you gotta know, you gotta know you can sell those hundred. It's not cheap to ship vinyl either. Like one nah, LP at a time, right? Nah, nah. And you gotta be very careful. I've gotten, yeah. I've gotten yelled at by a few customers shipping vinyl out in the last yeah. couple of years. I didn't know about all the, you know, specific type of vinyl boxes. <laughs> you know, I'm just bubble wrapping them and like sending them. And then there's like a little bit of a crease on the corner and they're like, you ruined the vinyl, man. Like, like sorry bro i'll send you another one <laughs> send you one with an autograph yeah 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 man it's, it's touchy man. it's deep it's deep it's deep what else you got man you got some more so one thing i noticed in doom's rhymes over the years is he liked to pull kind of a complex multi-syllable name out of the news and find a way to rhyme it yeah. so he's got a rhyme with vladimir putin Mm-hmm. He's got a rhyme with Slobodan Milosevic. That's read that one. <laughs> that's that's a tough one, right? How do you rhyme? And this Slobodan one's this one's fast too. It's from one of his fastest paced rhymes called "I Hear Voices." Pretty early in the catalog, mm-hmm. so I'm not even gonna try to to match the speed or the rhythm. But he goes on the slow mo, the calm artist with the so so chick chase them all like how he did the Slobodan Milosevic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's Doom. Special. And then Vladimir Putin. This is another one from the, the Victor Vaughn 2 album from Fall Back. Lighten up the stratosphere shooting. Slugs is nameless. Aim caressing Vladimir Putin. Mm. So stratosphere shooting and Vladimir Putin. There you go. And then actually the next line comes around to say his matted hair was too thin. <laughs> his matted hair was too thin to cut into a gumby wow <laughs> so yeah he extends it it's got three and then he pulled in these names on later on that same song actually these two names i'd never heard of i had to go look them up so he, he rhymes with adnan Khashoggi, who was a saudi arms dealer Wow. Who got super rich in the 80s and maybe early 90s. Okay. And Sho Kazuki. That's my guy. I know him. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know. So who is Sho Kazuki? You tell me because I forgot. I know he's got something to do with martial arts. Martial arts stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he brings in a Saudi Arabian arms dealer and a Japanese martial arts guy. Yeah, Sho Kazuki, for sure. And, and the verse goes. Like, what was it? What was he in? Was, was that Kazuki? Yeah. What was his movie? I don't even know. It was Ninja. Somebody will let us know. Yeah. Somebody will send us a comment. Yep. So the verse goes: Boss with the Lee jeans, bad man. You know V. They say he's a cross between Adnan Khashoggi and Shokazuki. That's a bad dude. You said your chain is sure dookie. 
The piece is like a mystery entity. Yeah, spooky. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good rhyme. Rhyme with show Kazuki with show Dookie. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yes, Revenge of the Ninja for sure. And to use the ninja, that was his thing. He was running around with stars. That's it, man. Yeah, so yeah, so Doom saying guy. he's a cross between a ninja and a Saudi Arabian Saudi arms dealer. Saudi Arabian arms dealer is pretty tough. That's a pretty bad dude. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true, some of his lyrics are just so funny. Like, there's, there's so much wit and humor in there. Yeah, character. Definitely. Character. Definitely a character. And so, you know, the the yeah, the, the the guys who are like really great like that. And um even guys, you know, uh who are more like commercial, but um I always marvel at like the brain and how it like lands on Adnan yeah. Khashoggi. Like <laughs> What like at what point in time is the brain processing rhymes and that <laughs> that name comes into your head? You know what I mean? I, right. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. I, yeah, it's always amazing to hear these guys. You know, Fabulous has a um line. Um, she got a donkey on her. Juan Valdez. And I'm like, why are you yeah. thinking about Juan <laughs> Valdez? And how did you remember that? He carried a dunk a donkey in the coffee commercial, and then yeah, yeah it's pretty. It's, you know, it's a lot, man. It's like genius It's pretty stuff. good. It's genius stuff, man. Absolutely. That's a good line. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. So here's another little scene that I like from Doom. This is from a, uh, the first Victor Vaughn album, a song called Lactose and Lecithin, which is hard to pronounce already. Lecithin? How do you throw that into a rhyme? Come on. Yeah, yeah. So this one's like a, a vivid little scene. It's just, this are, these are the first lines from the song. It starts out like this. Somewhere's out in cop-killing queens where Bodine stopped limousines and brothers flee the scene. Somebody on his back bleeding, his vest all cracked up. Freeze clown, officer down, request backup. Listen, dude, don't get me misconstrued as the sniper. Damn. I was, I was, I was wondering how you were going to navigate that, but... Uh... Yeah, it's just a little, little, little self censorship. Self censorship. <laughs> <laughs> if you see for it on my screen, for our audience, for our audience <laughs> niggas flee the scene, <laughs> not brothers. <laughs> Which, uh, if we're talking about assonance, that's better assonance. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because limousine, mm. niggas flee the scene. Ah, see? Yeah. yeah and yeah. cop. Killing queens. Killing queens. Here you go. You know what I mean? Let's not mess up the scheme, man. So there's the short I sound, but I, I can't say it. You know, as a <laughs> white dude listening to rap, I'm not going to throw that word in when I repeat the verses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. love that verse. That's just such a vivid little scene. Like you can see this going down, right? Yeah, that's like Slick Rick shit. Oh, that's a good, good comparison right yeah. there for sure. Yeah. What about what's it's, all the, it's all the elements. I'm not sure. So I got a theory. I haven't seen this confirmed anywhere. So Bodine's, if you watch the Beverly Hillbillies, there's okay. a character named Jethro, and his last name is Bodine. Wow. So it's like Hicks. You got me. Man. You're <laughs> the expert, man. That's my guess. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't. I don't know where Bodine's comes from. Me neither. 
from the same show, there's a there's a Goody Mob song where they refer to Bill Clinton as a clampet. And that was Jed Clampett was the main character on the Beverly Hillbillies. Get out. Yeah. That's interesting. You think that Clampett sick as goons on me? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a good line too. Oh, we could do a lot with Goody Mob too. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So Doom has that Killer Queens on another song too. This is just like three quick lines. A song called Fine Print off the King Ghidra album. Okay. And that's a reference to um one of um Queens' um nicknames, which is Cop Killer Queens. Cop because, Killer Queens. Um, yeah, some of the um first in the eighties crack era. Mm-hmm. Um there was the uh 1-800 cop shot and stuff like that yeah. that started um, via some murders of some police officers in um, Queens. There's a doom rhyme where he uses 1-800 cop shot. That's mm-hmm. a song called Pop Snot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there you go. That's there also go. that's the same album, the, the Victor Vaughn first album. Okay, yeah. yeah. So this is one from the King Ghidra album, a song called Fine Print at the end of the album. Met her out in Killer Queens. Originally, she from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I love the way she fill her jeans. Oh, nice. That's pretty good, right? Again, again Killer Queens, Philippines. Filler fill jeans. jeans the, yeah, I then love it. Then it goes, still a teen. I love it. And Keep made going. for strange bedfellows. Yep. <laughs> yep. Keep going. I, I like that. It. So he's got the, the three-syllable rhyme, the end of each of those lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. And this this last one I'll throw at you is from Beef Rap. And there's a video online. If you look up Most Def, a fan of Doom, you'll find it on, on YouTube or all yeah, over. I've seen that one, yep. And, and Most is just going through this whole song from memory, and he'll, he'll rhyme like a couple of lines or verse, and he'll stop and just tell you why it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. So this one goes, what up? To all rappers, shut up with your shutting up and keep your shirt on, at least a button up. Yuck. Is they rhymers or stripping males? Out of work jerks since they shut down Chippendales. Yeah. Yeah. And this this song would have come out around the time like you saw 50 Cent and all the videos with his shirt off. Um, Correct. Ja Rule with his shirt off. It just had become a thing. Like, uh, I mean, if you go way back and Big Daddy Kane was doing it way back. Yeah, but he but, had a silk uh, shirt on. Yeah. With, with the you know, unbuttoned silk shirt. And it was a different different vibe. A little different, right? <laughs> he wasn't showing himself like working out in the yeah, gym. This was the post Tupac. Yeah, I guess yeah. I get around might have started yeah, that. Till, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's the post Tupac. And Doom, I mean, he's already told you in earlier rhymes from the day that he's a rather ugly brother. <laughs> he talks about going bald in a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. He talks about being overweight. Mm-hmm. talks mm-hmm. about his beard being kind of grimy and not in great shape <laughs> um and he's sick of seeing all these rappers with the shirts off are they rhymers or stripping males mm. and then you got to rhyme that with chippendales right chippendales my favorite is yuck yuck <laughs> <laughs> keep your shirt on at least a button up yeah mm. yeah these are good rhymes i mean it's there's a lot of it's doom master, lines. It's master level rhyme. Right? Oh, for sure. Master level. A lot of this stuff would just kind of pop into my head just like all the time. I mean, I listen to especially these old albums, anything 
anything post like 2006 from doom like i i listen to it so much that like if somebody says the word stratosphere i'm going to think of that that vladimir putin rhyme mm-hmm. uh, it's just going to pop into my head um definitely if somebody says adnan khashoggi <laughs> it's like the only place i've ever heard it. i've never yeah amazing yeah and if somebody out there wants to weigh in on bodines i'm confident and I'm going to use Goody Mob's use of Clampet as uh, as evidence that the Beverly Hillbillies sort of circle through the mentality of hip hop stars from this era. Um, that's pretty weak evidence, but I don't know where else Bodine's comes from. Yeah, you got me. Other than there's um, apparently a band, a band, right? They're, <laughs> they're associated with Jack White, and maybe I don't know. Hell if I know. Yeah. i think the band definitely is newer than the uh doom rhyme yeah 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 so i i mean i think it would be only right that we'd have to follow up this one with a uh with a ghost face oh that's good right yeah yeah. yeah, and you and I traded some some Ghostface verses back and forth for this thing we wrote for uh, a book that may exist at this point. I haven't I haven't seen a copy. It's probably out there. Uh, you know, um, it was raising money for for a youth center, or youth organization. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I'll have to check back in. Maybe it's available out there. But yeah, I'd like to see that too. That was fun. But yeah, I think a Ghostface one is um is warranted. I think especially with the Versus. I mean, by the time we recorded, Versus is coming up, I think, Friday, March 20th. So, Oh, uh, yes. Yes. By the time yes. we record again, Ghostface will have either beaten Raekwon or lost to Raekwon. Oh, I don't think it'll be Or either. tied. It'll be, it'll, be a, it'll be a tie. It'll be some type of tie. Yeah. I mean, if we're, you know, if we're being, if it was a Versus, mm-hmm. In the traditional form of like, I give twenty, you give twenty, and the audience really like keep score. Yeah, Ghostface like Ghostface takes that fairly easy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I love Raekwon, but most of my favorite Raekwon songs have Ghostface on them. Correct. That's that's kind of my point. And there's plenty of Ghostface songs I love that don't have Raekwon. At all. Yeah. Correct. So that be t- the catalog. I mean, yeah, the catalog. I mean, Ghostface has a tough catalog for almost anybody. Right. I agree. He, he branched out early on and really started to work with a lot of different producers. Mm-hmm. And he sounds mm-hmm. good with about everybody. Yeah. So that would be, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And, you know, I look forward to it. Mm. But... Catalog, I mean, you know, we got Cuban links. We got, what's that, a mobiliarity? Yeah, that we one. Got, yeah. You know, right, right. We got Cuban links too. Mm-hmm. Which had, had a couple joints. Um, had a couple joints. Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, we got, what, Fila? There's... You know, one of my favorite later Raekwon songs, and it's not even that recent, is this song called Purple Jag. It's Raekwon with Poster Boy. Okay. I, I can't really remember get you. that. But I mean, that's when we're you're talking 
Iron Man Supreme clientele, bulletproof wallets. Yeah. You know, um, fish scale, like, you know. Can't beat it. Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) It's tough. And we never got the Doomstarks album. Yeah. Yeah, For years, there was supposed to be this Doom and Ghostface collaboration album. Yeah. Never happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got what three, uh, really two singles, two versions of one of the songs, and then one more track. Yeah. And from what I understand, there's not more waiting on that one. There is a Mad Villainy too that it hasn't been released yet. Yeah, that's what we hear. Um, And there's there's a few more tracks out there that haven't been released. I think Nature Sounds has some Doom stuff, just a few tracks. Okay. Um, But apparently, they never pulled together. The Doom Starks. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Well, hopefully we get that um we get as much as um is left and yeah. you know, hopefully the family can um benefit from that. Definitely. I hear there's a lot of fake merch going on out there. So if you're looking to support, please find the merch that's being, you know. Either sponsored or, you know, anything that helps the actual family. Let's not just fatten some stupid guy's pocket. Gasdraws.com. Every piece of merch goes straight to Doom's Widow Jasmine. Beautiful. Um, Gasdraws was Doom's merch company and website for years, and she still is running it. So anything you buy there goes straight to her and his kids. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, we like that. So, all right, man. Doom was so awesome, we had to do two tribute episodes. He deserves it. Oh, yeah. He deserves it. I could talk about Doom forever. We know. We know. (laughs) We know. know. But, I mean, like, hey, like, again, he deserves it. Oh, yeah. Deserves it. So, we hope to be back next time with uh, one of these sessions on Ghostface lyrics. That'd be dope. I mean, there's a few guys, man. There's a few guys we got to, yeah. A few guys we got to give... Give their flowers, you know. We we keep talking about that, so let's let's be more deliberate about giving our flowers to to the living. Yeah, to the folks that are still here. I think I could see a Slick Rick episode. I I mean, you know, there's these like I like we said, there's these guys that um that they just cover all of these grounds. You know, it's just elite elite MCism. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, there's some folks that I really love who don't show up on a lot of people's, like, best to ever do it lists. Well, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> You've got guys on your best to ever do it list that I've never even heard yeah. of. <laughs> you just got to find the internet on the right day to even hear it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Lord knows. You know what I've been geeking out? What's that? To, um, recently, before we get out of here. Sure. I stumbled on, like, old... Uh, Molly Mall in control, like tapings, like so, like guys are like now Ooh, uploading yeah. like the the like their tapes on um YouTube. So I've been kind of like going crazy over like nineteen eighty nine, you know, episodes of like Friday Night Molly Mall in control, wow, and even more cool. so than the music is like. They have like the commercial breaks and everything. So like that 
is really the, my favorite part because I get to hear like Crazy Eddie and shit. Where that, do you find that? Um, it's on YouTube. Ooh, okay. It's on YouTube. I've been I'll listening to you, that. I'll shoot you a link. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. I've been yeah. listening to that random rap radio, which I think is just randomrapradio.com. Okay. And that's got a lot of old radio shows, you know, going back to the mid early 80s. I think I've seen stuff from 81 on there. Wow. Um, all the way up through, there's a great RZA and ODB guest spot where Dirty does a lot of freestyles. Um, he does a lot of like rapping over the verse as Reza plays it. It's actually really cool. And this this site, Random Rap Radio, is just full of all these old radio shows. People have got to check it out. It's check pretty it out. good. Some really good Philly shows on there. Yeah. Okay, you sent me that. Yeah. I think I didn't so, yeah. I had more stuff. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. archive. I just discovered it maybe two, three weeks ago. Yeah, I've been geeking out on that stuff. I was listening to like Ultramagnetics on Ooh, like yeah. the Molly Malls radio show from like, like again, like 89. Yeah. It's very cool. Cool Keith would be another MC, I think. You could do a treatment of his lyrics. Yeah, he's an interesting <laughs> one. He's an interesting Maybe one. Maybe a slightly different treatment. For sure. He's, he's an interesting one. Yeah, for My sure. Ultramagnetic, cool I mean, they paved the way for so much. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they really worked with Tough Crew out of Philly. Right. Um, they work with Tim Dog. Tim Dog. Right? Step to me. Step to me. Um, <laughs> and, and from the, the $20 sack pyramid sketch on the uh, Chronic album. Oh, the wow. Tim Dog yeah, diss. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Things that Tim Dog would say. <laughs> <laughs> Tim M-U-T. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's an interesting legacy for Ultramagnetic. They're kind yeah. of all over the place. Yeah. And I think they trace right back to uh, Paul C. You might be right. Yeah, I think said G was involved with policy i think i know a large professor was but i think said g was right there too same kind of scene same kind of studio cool 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 i mean um yeah said g's also very instrumental in early uh bdp oh that's right yeah 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 classic classic yeah. classic classic group first album is amazing oh absolutely yeah and the live album i've never that's actually really album. cool live yeah album. i have to check that out yeah, I was right. Said G, there's a video of Said G talking about the SP12 tricks that he learned from Paul from Paul C. C. Right, who also taught um, Large, Large Professor, professor. Yeah. and Large Professor um, helped. Um, I believe he was he helped a lot of guys. I believe I don't want to say the wrong guy, but he helped guys. Because if I say it was P Rock and it wasn't P Rock, then it's like no P Rock. You know what I mean? I don't want P Rock mad at me, but I, I think know you're a right. Few guys credit. Um, Primo might have said that too. Large mm -hmm. Professor helped him a lot with um thing, but yeah, again, yeah. Tribe Called Quest yeah. took him on tour with them in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he and Q-Tip had a, a studio working relationship, making beats. Absolutely, 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 absolutely. But you know, like you said, just giving credit to um Paul C, another forgotten hero. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool, man. So we're, we've got all kinds of material for future episodes. <laughs> we, yeah, we're cooking now. Yeah. yeah, we just thought of all these guys we could <laughs> cooking get now, getting it. Well, you know, it's probably like you said. Um, we're we're kind of opening up back mm-hmm. again, hopefully. So things are kind of rounding back into normal. So I think it's only mm-hmm. right we 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 um start geeking out about the actual music. Oh, for sure. Again, instead of um having just heavy episode after heavy episode tackling um social know, issues social issues um like you text me the other day i think we've solved racism that's so, it um, <laughs> we, it took us a little over a year but we have solved racism we got it <laughs> that's so, yeah, cancel very... culture to a team and we've canceled racism yeah we start uh start start being hip-hop geeks again definitely Cool. Yeah, if we can just get in a breath and enjoy some music, I mean, yeah, it feels good for a second, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Well, that's good, man. You didn't have another um, doom um, delivering to take us out with, did you? Ooh, I think I ran through my list. I mean, there's so much good stuff, but yeah, just one little rhyme also off of Beef Rap. Where he says he was barred from all bars and kicked out the Carvel. <laughs> I mean, that should be that should be on Doom's tombstone. Yeah, barred from all bars and kicked out the Carvel. That's tough, man. It's tough to get kicked out the Carvel. <laughs> Coming in with the mask might do it. Yeah, well, oh, pre-pandemic, well, pre-pandemic, right? exactly. <laughs> Coming up with the villain mask. It's mandatory now. So, Saying yeah. you're there to take revenge on the ice cream industry. Oh man, crazy, 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 crazy. Well, there you have it, man. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Nice breakdown. Nice breakdown. Until next time. I'm Mickey Hess. And I am David Trom Dick Shanks. This is a guest in the house podcast. One day we'll like say that together and it'll be like some real cool like old show stuff. So you'll be like, um I'm Mickey Hess. Like and I'm David Trom Dick Shanks. And this is a guest in, in the, the house, house podcast. Like it. <laughs> and then we sign off peace, love, and black power. Peace, right? love, and black power in unison. Yeah. See, one day we'll get the timing right. We'll make it happen. Yeah, look forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until then. Yes. See you next time. See you next time.